Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. And did you ever look at the calling of his disciples? I mean, we see right here in Matthew 4, verse 18. Remember, verse 17 says, From the time of the temptation. Right after that, from that time, Jesus began to preach. That started his ministry. And to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And as Jesus walked by, in verse 18, walking by the Sea of Galilee. Understand where he's at now. He's at the fishing village of Galilee. He saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and his ship was Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called to them, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. And then we're, verse 23, we're read, and Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching, teaching, understand that point, teaching, teaching in their synagogues. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And then healing all manner of sickness and disease. We infer from Mark 16 that he confirmed the word preached or he confirmed the teaching he was doing with signs following. Amen. That word teaching, what does that mean? Well, we're going to get into that. Amen. Look at how Jesus called his disciples. Why would a grown man leave his business? We know Peter was married because elsewhere in the Bible says that Jesus went into Peter's house and his mother-in-law was sick with a fever. Well, in order to have a mother-in-law, you got to have a wife. And if you're going to have a wife in that day, you're going to have a family. Why would they... Uh, can you imagine Peter going home and say, uh, I quit my job today. As wife would say, what do you mean quit your job? You're self-employed. Yeah, I know. I'm not doing that anymore. But what are you going to do? I'm going to follow this preacher. What? What about the boat? I don't know. I just gave it away. I left it down there. Just to give up the family business. 
just to, I mean, you know, down south, if you have a boat, that's something I've seen. It's a joke, but I've seen, you know, the the Facebook memes that, you know, guy wanted, good wife, can cook, you know, can clean, uh, you know, and it says, you know, uh, loves to fish, loves the boats. And then it says, at the bottom it says, send picture of boat. In other words, that was the primary driving consideration for selecting his wife. But, you know, you just don't give up your own boat. That was a, a boat, even in that day, for that time and culture, was an expensive piece of equipment. I mean, you would hire on with someone who had their own boat, saving your money till the point you could buy your own boat, and then be able to hire people to work for you. And here Peter and his brother just gave it all up to follow Jesus. Think about poor Zebedee. Zebedee lost his entire workforce, or a good chunk of his crew, with no notice of them quit. They didn't give two weeks notice. It says they immediately left their father in the boat and followed Jesus. Amen. Why would they do that? Why would grown men give up the business to follow Jesus? Well, to understand that, this is where you've heard me preach this before. We're going to go over it again a little bit. In the culture of that day, much as in today's youth culture, uh, you know, the football is a huge, huge sport. And every little boy wants to be the next, you know, all-star running back, all-star quarterback, all-star, all-star, you know, linebacker. They aspire to grow and and to get better at the game and and to enter the NFL. But if you look at the hundreds of thousands of young people playing football in rec leagues, and you know they hope to get good enough to be on a high school team, and there they hope to be good enough when they get picked up for college, and there they hope to be good enough to actually be selected to the NFL. If you look, took the entire group of people that the freshman entries into the NFL, the rookie season, if you take the entire group, and let's say it's, you know, I don't know what the actual number is, let's say it's 200 people, and you take all of them of the same age group and back it all the way up to the youth football, rec football league that they would have joined to get the basics, you're talking less, less than a half a percentage point of people, of young men that make it, make their dream to play in the NFL. That's not very promising statistics, is it? Well, every Jewish boy grew up in the culture where they wanted to be a rabbi. That was like the ultimate thing. You know, the, the, the joke, like New York is, you know, you... you get your son the best education and you put him in the best college and becomes a medical doctor and that way the mother when she introduces her son says this is my son the doctor because it's something special and in Jesus' day that something special was to be a rabbi 
If you were a rabbi, you were somebody special in society. That's one of the reasons Jesus rebuked them, saying, you love everyone to call you rabbi, rabbi in the in the town square, and you like the best seats and all the events. And so you accept bribes or, in other words, payments to make prayers for people. He says, it should not be like that. But here, young boys in Jewish society, young Hebrew boys, aspired to become rabbis. Amen. But most of them did not make the cut. They were very selective. That's why when it says Jesus taught in their synagogues, over here in Matthew uh, chapter 4, verse 23, a lot of people just read over there. Okay, well, he was teaching. Okay. But you don't understand. In that day, in that culture, they didn't just let any Tom, Dick, and Harry stand up, take the precious scrolls that were hand-copied. There were no you know, mimeograph copies. There were no Xerox copies. There were no book bindings you know, with mass printings. Each scroll was handwritten and meticulously checked for accuracy. These things were very precious. They weren't going to just let some carpenter boy come in and flip it open and try and find where it was written. No. They only allowed rabbis to touch these scrolls. That's why you can read this and just glean over it. Or you can read it and ask the Lord to open your eyes to each and every verse so you can get the full meaning. And that's the reason why I'm going over this today and like I said, probably next week as well. But to become a rabbi, even though the attrition rate was off the scale, to be picked to go to the next level of rabbi training was even, that was really something special. But what did it take to be picked? Well, we covered before, the qualifications for becoming a rabbi began basically at birth. And again, there was no public school system, if you want to call it that, where you would take your pre-K child to preschool and have them be taught the ABCs and go to kindergarten and be taught you know, the basics there and progress on up. No, you were taught at home or your family would hire tutors to teach you because the first cut in rabbi school took place at age six. <coughs> Excuse me. That's the first cut. At age six, you would be taken to the rabbi elementary school, if you want to call it that, to see if you were good enough to get into school and to go to the next level. And that first cut was made when you recited verbatim, word for word, the entire book of Leviticus. And these were judged by the rabbis who would be teaching in that school. If you missed one word, or if you messed up a phrase, you didn't make the cut. And at age six, you were cut from the program for life. And told to go back home, learn a trade, grow up in a family business. Much as the football players, the youth football, you know, if they have tryouts and you don't get picked, 
you feel so bad. That's the way it was for these boys. But if you were picked, if you were, if you recited the entire book of Leviticus, and I, I dare say most of us would not make the cut even as grown folk. How many of you can recite the book of Leviticus? And word for word. I mean, some of you can't even find the book of Leviticus in, in the Bible. Amen. <laughs> but if you did make the cut, at this age, and like I said, most of the time there was no written books. You didn't, you couldn't sit there and memorize, you know, the first paragraph over and over and over. It was oral teaching. Your ability to comprehend oral teachings, retain it for thought, and then give it back. And for poorer families, it was the father's responsibility to teach his young sons the oral tradition. And you started with the Book of Leviticus. For more affluent families, you could hire the tutors, the best teachers, to do this training. I dare say that is what happened to Jesus. What do you mean, Brother Bob? I thought you know his father was a carpenter. Let's go back and look. Remember at age two what happened? The three wise men, as we're told, but there was the Magi, they came and gave gifts to Jesus' parents. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The equivalent value in today's money would be somewhere around a couple million dollars. And then they moved to Egypt until the angel told them to come back when Herod was dead. That money, what would it be used for? You know, as a parent, your child is the son of God. Somebody special. And then out of nowhere, these three kings come and give you unimaginable wealth for your family. You know... You had to leave town in a hurry because the angel said that the king of your nation is coming to kill this child. And as you leave town in the middle of the night, carrying this wealth with you, fleeing into a foreign land to seek refuge there, you hear that every child in the area under age two, the age of your child, was killed. You would know that these things are true, that your son is special. So you would use that money to hire the best teacher that money could buy. And Jesus, growing up, he learned the book of Leviticus word for word. So at age six, he was selected to go to the elementary school for rabbis. This elementary school is called Bet Sefar. It's basically the school of the book. And from age 6 to age 12, they would memorize, these children would memorize the entire first five books of the Bible word for word. It's the Torah. That's the book that the rabbis understand. And in order to understand it, you got to know what's in it. To know what's in it, you got to memorize it. So for six years, they are taught 
how to memorize the first five books of Moses, the Torah. And at age 12, to graduate from this elementary school, you have to recite word for word the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Word for word. Which is, this test is also administered by the rabbis and probably some of the priests. That's in order to graduate. And at graduation time, once you demonstrate you know the first five books of the Bible and you receive your graduation certificate, you now have permission to apply to the official rabbi school. And the entrance to the official rabbi school is a test on the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Wait a minute, Brother Bob. You said that to graduate from elementary school, they had to recite the first five books of the Bible. How could that also be the admissions test? Because memorizing something and understanding something are two separate things. The first five books of the Bible, the Torah, had to be recited word for word in order to graduate from elementary school. Now to go to the school of the rabbi or the school of the book. I'm sorry, that's elementary school. To go to the school of the rabbi, that part, you had to carry on a conversation. Understanding questions and answering questions with understanding. Being able to keep the conversation going about God. Pulling scriptures from the Torah and using them to reinforce your point. That test was administered by the priests and senior rabbis. If you passed that test, then you were allowed to be ministered and taught by a rabbi. Amen. Excuse me. Once you passed that test, you were sent into a special building where you would sit and wait. Because the rabbi school would go until age 30. At age 30 is where you graduated from from rabbi school. But this type of school now, you had to be hand-selected. Oh, you memorized the Torah. You demonstrated you had an understanding of it. Now you're sent into this location with all the other 12-year-olds from all of Judea. And you're waiting. And here come the graduating rabbis, one by one. They're entering this school, this room, this building and room that you are waiting in. They may even ask some additional questions to grasp your understanding. And then the rabbis would say, now these are the new rabbis, they would now pick their students that they wanted to teach. And they would say, follow me. They 
point at another one and say, follow me. They would point at another one and say, follow me, follow me, follow me. And then he, they would lead their little group out. And for the next 18 years, these 12-year-old boys growing up into being a man would be taught personally by these rabbis. They will be taught what their rabbi taught them. Just like this group that is now following this, their new rabbi would be taught by him, they will graduate and teach others what their rabbi taught them. Amen. That's how traditions are handed down in that culture. The ability to ask questions and keep the conversation going was the defining moment in this 12-year-old boy's life to prove he had what it takes to be a rabbi. Amen? Now think about Jesus at age 12 and what the Bible says happened. Amen. Think about it. Remember his parents went up to Jerusalem as the custom was to give their offering of sacrifice. And then the you know, because of robbers and looters and all that, they would travel in, in packs or you know, trains of people going back home. Thinking that Jesus was in the crowd, probably with some relatives. They didn't think anything of it and they went a full day's journey and then they started looking for him come nightfall and he wasn't there. They frantically searched all the camp and he wasn't there. So the next day they headed another day's journey back to Jerusalem, getting there probably at nightfall. And the next day, they're searching all of Jerusalem for him. And they found him in the temple. And it said that he was, that everyone that was in the temple was fascinated. They were amazed at his answer to questions and the questions that he was asking. He was showing the high priest at age 12. He understood the first five books of the Bible. He was qualified to be selected as a rabbi, a trainee, from age 12 to age 18. I'm sorry, for 18 years, from age 12 to age 30. And at age 30, a rabbi would graduate. We don't have any information about anything in Jesus' life from age 12, from the time the Bible says he was amazing people in the temple, the leaders and authorities in the temple, with his answers and his questioning. From that age until age 30, the Bible says nothing about Jesus. It's because he is now being trained by a rabbi. What rabbi? What rabbi was teaching Jesus? We don't know. We do know his family had money, enough money they could hire the best I believe he was homeschooled. He wasn't out with this other group. He was being homeschooled, probably by a retired rabbi. You know, I'm just, this is from the book of Bob, all right? This is my thinking on it as I'm reading the scriptures. 
Amen. Now, to be selected to go to rabbi school from age 12 to 18, that school is called Bet Talmud, the school of the disciple. Because you are now being discipled by your rabbi. Amen. So that's the training that a rabbi would go through. And at age 30, he was now graduated and allowed to teach others the doctrines that he learned. So now you have a better understanding of what was happening with Jesus from age 12 to age 30. He was being discipled. Who was doing it? We don't know. The Bible does not say. But we know that whoever it was, and it could have been a variety of people, maybe this one taught on this subject, and they hired another one to teach on another subject, and another one to teach on another subject being ministered to by the Holy Spirit through the scriptures, Jesus over these 18 years identified himself in the scriptures knowing the story of his background from his mother and father the miraculous birth, the saving of his life how we got this money how our family became wealthy supernatural provision from God. Jesus understanding that, he began to identify himself in the scriptures. Amen. Bible's clear on that. He knew this was his destiny. Amen. We, the average Christian, doesn't even like reading the Old Testament. Oh, we're New Testament believers, Brother Bob. You know, Jesus, there was no New Testament when Jesus was on the scene. He was living the New Testament by fulfilling the Old Testament. It's important for you to read and understand what is in the Old Testament because some people say the the Old Testament is the New Testament hidden. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So you have to understand both and how they correlate to each other. When you do that, then you get a firm grasp on the Scriptures. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.